Better. Uh, that's our theme for this month. That's our sermon series. And we're talking about how as individuals do we get better? How do we improve our lives? How do we become better disciples of Jesus? How do we do better? How do we live better? How do we stop doing the things that we shouldn't be doing and, and get better at doing the things that we should be doing? And so just as a review for those of you that haven't been here or for a review for those that have been here, we talked about what does better look like? That better isn't just about improving our behavior, it's about improving our thinking. It's about seeing more clearly. It's not necessarily a greater effort, but it is an effort that is enlightened by the gospel. The next week we talked about who do you think you are. We talked about knowing our identity in Christ changes the way that we live. And then last week we asked, why do we work so hard? Why do we do what we do? Is it in order to get to heaven or is it because we know that we are saved in Christ Jesus and we are working hard because of gratitude for his grace? This morning we're going to ask this question, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe in yourself? You know, I, I've been thinking about that phrase uh, not only all week, but even before that, and, and I've been just paying attention to how often you see or hear that theme in almost all entertainment, right? I mean, in, in songs, on TV shows, in movies, and I was thinking through some of the movies that my kids watch, some of the movies that I love, whether it's a, a sports movie like Rudy or uh, Rocky maybe or something like that, but it, it, it's the same theme all over and over and over again, right? It's, it's the theme that says, listen, it doesn't matter how small you are or how weak you are. If you want to overcome some huge obstacle, what do you need to do? Believe in yourself, right? You can do whatever you put your mind to, right? You can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And the way that you achieve that is you believe in yourself. You dig down deep and you can accomplish anything you set your mind to, right? And if we watch the movies or the television shows or listen to the songs, we we start to believe that that's true, right? That we can do anything we put our mind to. But in reality, we know that's not necessarily true, right? I mean, when we were kids, we thought maybe we could fly. Or maybe we could lift uh, things that we couldn't physically lift or, or do things we couldn't physically do. And we know, intellectually, don't we, that, that there are limitations to that, right? I mean, there's all kinds of great things we can do if we put our mind to it and we, we believe in ourselves and all of that. But there are limitations to that. But here's the, here's the sad truth, that the more we believe in ourselves... The more we believe in our own strength and our own ability, the less capable we are at being who God wants us to be. And I want us to understand that because I want us to understand that when we look at Scripture, that's not what God calls us to do, to believe in ourselves. You know, it's not just the world that says believe in yourself and you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish, that, that look at your own strength or your own ability. It seems to me that even growing up, listening to preachers and teachers and those kind of things, and maybe without even meaning to, maybe that's even slipped into our religious thinking. That, that perhaps we, we, we've come to believe that God has done His part, right? God sent His only begotten Son and He died on the cross, and so God has done His part, and now it's up to us to do our part to become better people. And so if you want to be a better person, you want to be a better spouse, you want to be a better parent, you want to stop doing the bad things and start doing the good things, then it's up to you to simply work harder. 
And so maybe unintentionally, we've even allowed that type of believe in yourself thinking to slip into and to taint our idea of what it is to be a Christian. But but when we read Scripture, it's not a pep talk, is it? Like so much of our thinking tends to be. It's not a pep talk. Paul doesn't say, hey, if Christians in Ephesus, you want to be better? You want to do better? Just believe in yourself. Look down deep inside. Instead, Paul gets on his knees. And that's what I want us to talk about. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. And let's talk about Paul's answer And how we can learn to be better people, not by believing in ourselves, but by doing what Paul did and getting on our knees in prayer. You see, for the Apostle Paul, because he knew what he knew through the Spirit of God, he knew and believed and was firmly convinced that prayer really does change things. That prayer isn't just something that we check off a to-do list. It's not just a good spiritual discipline. It is that. But it's not just that. Prayer actually changes things. Paul believed that in his journeys, he had opportunities to preach the gospel and go places. Why? Because somebody was praying for him. He literally, firmly believed and was convinced that prayer actually changes things. But I want us to pay attention to what Paul prayed for. So in Ephesians 3, we're going to kind of break it down a little bit different. We're not going to go verse by verse. And in other words, well, we're actually going to go that's by that's. And so there's a Greek word, hina, and we translate that as that. And so we're going to break this down by the three things that Paul prayed for for the Ephesians and look at it that way and say, What can we learn from the three things that Paul prayed for in his prayer? So he's reporting to them, saying, this is what I prayed for for you. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every, or maybe even from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Now, the first that. So he says, first of all, the first that, that according to the riches of his glory. That's an interesting phrase, right? That according to the riches of God's glory, one translation puts it this way, from his glorious, unlimited resources. That Paul is praying that, that according to God's glorious, unlimited resources, he would do what? That he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit. Well, let's stop and think about that for just a second. So Paul is not telling them that they have the strength within themselves to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, and that is that the, the church, that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to everyone through the church, and that glory be brought to God through the church. Paul isn't saying, believe in yourself and you can accomplish that. In fact, he's not even telling them to believe in their own strength. In fact, by saying that they needed to be strengthened by the power of God, he's implying that they were, what? Weak, right? Because it's weak people who need to be strengthened. And so he's saying, you need to be strengthened. You are weak and you need to kind of understand your weakness because you need God to strengthen you with power through His Spirit. You see, when we recognize our weakness... 
Well, then we recognize our need to borrow strength from God. And God has plenty of strength to give. He has glorious, unlimited resources to give us. And Paul is saying, from your vast, unlimited, rich resources, I'm asking that you give these Christians strength, that you strengthen them with power through your spirit. How? In your inner being. Something important to recognize there, isn't it? That that's where the vast majority of work and the vast emphasis of our prayer life needs to go. To our inner being. But, but let's stop and ask ourselves that. Is that the emphasis of your prayer life? Do we pray as much it seems to me that we have a tendency, I'll say it this way, we have a tendency to pray more that God changes our circumstances than that He changes us, right? Now, now there's nothing wrong with praying that God changes our circumstances. Surely that's a biblical thing to do. Paul did it. He asked for others to do it. It's biblical and it's right to pray for those that are sick. It's good and it's right to pray for our nation, to pray for our leaders. It's good and it's right to pray that God changes our circumstances. But I think, as I read through the New Testament, that a greater emphasis is put on praying that God changes us in our inner being. That God strengthen us with power from His Spirit in our inner being. That that's where work needs to happen, right? We can look at our lives and we can say, God, my life would be so much better if you would just change this or change this or change that. What if we realize that our life would be better if God changed us in our inner being? Why? Because we are weak and we need to be Strengthened. Why? Why do we need to be strengthened? What, what, what's the purpose of our strengthening? When Paul prays, listen, God, I know that your resources are vast and unmeasurable, and, and these Ephesians, these Christians, not just them, but us, need to be strengthened in their inner being with power through your spirit. Why? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, now, of course, they're Christians, so they, they have faith, right? And there's a sense in which Christ is already dwelling in their hearts through faith. But this word dwell is, is like take up residence in, is settled down into, that Christ might be a firm fixture in their heart, that their lives may revolve around Jesus. My very first preaching work, I met a man, I may have shared this story with you before, but it made an impact on me. I, I met a, a good brother in Christ, and I, I love him to this day. But the first conversation that I had with him, he, we were riding in the car together, and he said, Wes, listen, I, I, when you come here and you work with us, I just want you to know ahead of time that, that I, I mean, I'll work on somebody's car if they need auto mechanic work done. I, I, I'll help somebody move. I'll, I'll build something for them. But I just want you to know I'm just not really a spiritual person. So don't really count on me to do anything really spiritual. But if it's physical, I'll do it. But that's just not me. And that bothered me. And over the years, I've realized that there's so many of us like that. 
that look at, at some Christians and they say, wow, you know, they're just so spiritual. They're just so excited and on fire about spiritual things. They love to sing praises to God and pray and they probably do family devotionals with their family and, and they're just so passionate about spiritual stuff. But me, I just can't get into that stuff. Why do you assume that that's a fixed state? Why do you assume that that can't be changed? Paul knew that these Christians needed to be changed, that their inner being needed to be strengthened so that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. Why is it that we don't believe in prayer to do that? Why is it that we don't think it necessary to say, God, change me. My heart is hard. My eyes are dry. I need to be changed in my inner being. I see the man or the woman that I need to be. I need Christ to come and permanently dwell within my heart. I need my life to revolve around him, not compartmentalized so that Jesus and Christianity is something that I do on Sunday, but I need on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday for my life to revolve around Jesus. And I'm not there yet. And I need you through your spirit to strengthen me in my inner being so that this would happen, so that Jesus would dwell in my heart through faith. Look at the second that, the second thing that Paul prays for. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted, it's the the root of Christian living, it's the root of Christian thinking, it's the root of everything they are and are supposed to be, and it's the foundation, being rooted and grounded in love. It's, It's the motivation for everything that we do, that Christ loved us, that God loved us, and that we are to love one another. Love is... It is both the foundation and it is the goal, as you'll see in just a second. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength, again, prayer for strength, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. See, sometimes we think, and there's some truth to it, that in order to be the Christian that I need to be, I just need to input more information, right? That I just need to learn more. And if I just knew enough, and so we study and we study and we study and we study. And that's good. Because as we've been talking about, the, the gospel has to enlighten the eyes of our heart so that we can live the life that we're supposed to live. So there has to be the input of revelation from God. But we also have to pray that we have the strength To comprehend with all the saints, with all the church, the width and the breadth and the length and the depth of the love of Christ. That we can know what is beyond knowing, what is beyond comprehension. It's not just a matter of inputting information. It's a matter of recognizing that we're so weak, we're so broken, we can't, without God's help, understand all the things that we need to understand in order to be the people that we need to be. So when's the last time before you open up your Bible, not just to check a Bible reading off of the list, and not just to check praying off the list, but before you opened up God's Word, pray desperately 
God, I have to understand the love of Christ in order to be who I need to be and do what I need to be, do and, and, and grow how I need to grow. I need to understand your love. In order for that to be my root and my foundation, I need to understand it and I can only understand it if you strengthen me in my inner being so that I can comprehend what surpasses comprehension. I need your help to understand your love. Number three, the third that. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Not, not just you individually, I, I don't think. Uh, because when Paul's writing this, the, the you is plural. In the South, we say y'all. In, in Abilene, they corrected me. They said y'all is singular and all y'all is plural. I'm not sure how that works exactly. But, but... But one way or the other, it's plural, right? That, that God would dwell in you in His fullness. That He would fill the church with His fullness, with all of His love and all of His character and all of His holiness. That you would exude God from every part of you, from everything that you do and everything that you are. We've got to pray for this to happen. It's one thing to understand the gospel. And to embrace the gospel truths. But we also need to understand that our work isn't done and neither is God's. That we're a work in progress. And that we need to be praying diligently and desperately for God to fill us with all of His fullness. And then Paul ends with the doxology saying, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or do you think that you're destined to be who you are today, do you really understand that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or even think that He has riches of glory, He has an abundance of resources, and He loves to shower His children with blessings Especially when the blessings that we're asking for aren't a change in circumstance, but a change in strength. That we would ask God, please help us to know, help us to understand, help us to have the strength, help us to comprehend. That we may be people that are on fire. That we might be zealous and spiritual people. That that type of living and that type of passion and that type of spirituality isn't for a select few. It is for you if you just have the audacity to ask your Father to give it to you, to change you. You see, the world says you are able. Believe in your ability. But Scripture says He is able. The world says you are strong. Scripture says, He is strong. When you recognize your own weakness, then you see the need to borrow strength from God. When you think you're able and you think you're strong, you don't see any need to borrow strength and ability. So here's the truth. You are never so weak 
as when you believe in your own strength. And that doesn't mean we walk through life with a defeatist attitude. No, we walk through life not with self-confidence, but with God-confidence. Not believing in our own strength or our own wisdom or our own comprehension, but understanding that we couldn't know or understand or comprehend or even breathe without the help of God. And that it's only by God's grace that we have these things. Why? So that He gets the glory, right? If you believe in your own strength and you're defeated, well, then you feel like, I'm just not strong enough. But if you believe in your own strength and you succeed at something, then you congratulate yourself and say, wow, aren't I strong? Aren't I great? But if you doubt your own strength and you ask for God's strength and He strengthens you, then you give Him all the glory, all the credit, all the praise. Paul says that the Lord told him, His grace was sufficient for Paul. His grace is sufficient for us. In fact, Jesus says, my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul concluded that when he was weak, then he was actually strong. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So what if we started to really believe this? That we really could change who we are, not by relying on our own strength or ability, not by just trying harder, but by asking God, to change us in our inner beings. And here's another thing to recognize, that Paul isn't praying these things for himself. He's interceding in prayer for others. So what if we devoted ourselves? And what if, what if our spiritual growth depends on somebody else praying this prayer for us? What if their spiritual growth depends on you praying this prayer for them? Paul didn't say, hey, Ephesians, you got everything you need already. Just work hard, try harder, and you can succeed, and you can do anything you put your mind to. He said, no, I'm praying diligently for you that God would strengthen you so that you would have what you need. So here's my suggestion. This week, we pray this prayer from Ephesians chapter 3 for each other. That every single one of us at McDormand Road, can you imagine? Can you imagine how we will change? How we will be transformed? How we will be better if we will devote ourselves to praying this kind of prayer, not just for a change in circumstances, but a change in our inner being for each other. So let's begin now with a prayer. Father, I bow my knees before you, the one from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant that we may be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. I pray that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. I pray that we may be filled with all your fullness. I know that you are able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that wants to begin their walk with Jesus, to commit themselves to his service, to die to their sins, to have their sins washed away by His blood, that you're ready to be buried with Jesus in baptism. Or for those of us that have been buried with Jesus in baptism, maybe we need to recommit our lives 
to striving to be who He wants us to be, not by our own efforts, not by our own strength, not by our own ability, but by the strength that we ask for Him to give us from the riches of His glory. If we can pray with you, pray for you, there's a room in the back. The elders would love to pray with you, or you can come forward. We're your family. We're here for you. We want to live life with you. We want to pray with you. We want to help strengthen you, and we want you to help strengthen us. If we can help you, come forward as we stand and sing.